Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Warren Smokey Thomas is the head of OPSU. He joined us late last week, but now he's firing another salvo. As much as he was aggrieved last week, he's uh, doubly ticked today uh, when he issued a notice. I guess it was uh, over the weekend. But uh, he was saying that Caroline Mulroney is the AG. If she can't enforce the law of the land, she has to go. What does he mean? Let's find out. Warren Smokey Thomas, head of OPSU, has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Warren, good to have you back on the program. Oh, thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Yeah. I guess you haven't been called Warren in a long time. It's usually Smokey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, my mother used to call me Warren if she was mad at me, and my director of nursing back at the hospital, oh. she was mad at me. Okay. Other than that, no, it's been Smokey. Okay. 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 <laughs> you, you grabbed a quick peek at your name tag to see if I was referring to you, didn't you? So, Smokey, tell me, I mean, you say Carolyn Mulroney, if she can't enforce the law of the land, she has to go. Uh, how would she not be enforcing the law of the land? Well, let me put this into context. So, you know, from where I'm sitting, it looks like the premier decided it was going to be a private model with, with you know, uh, no consultation to speak of. They're having some hearings now, but he already announced the model. And then the government's got to somehow try to figure out how to give rationale and build rationale around a decision that's already been made. So when you make a, you're, if you're the uh, attorney general of Ontario, so the head law enforcement official in the province, and you say only the private sector can get rid of uh, illegal cannabis and get rid of, you know, the drug dealers, uh, that that's not a whole big vote of confidence in in people like judges, uh, crown attorneys, police officers, the the folks at the Alcohol Gaming Commission that oversee the licenses and the establishments. It's not a big vote of confidence in them. Those groups. Uh, when prohibition ended, got rid of bootleggers. Those groups, when they legalized gambling, got rid of bookies and uh, gambling houses. So they can, you know, if she put her faith back in law enforcement, I mean, this is a party that was, you know, always pride yourself in law and order, uh, you know, in the justice system, the rule of law. Well, she seems to be abandoned, you know, not, not paying much attention to that. And, and uh, I have heard from a couple of my folks that work at Alcohol Gaming Commission, it really is rather offensive. And, and again, I think uh, to you know to go a little bit easier on her, she's been, but she has been put in a position of having to defend what you know many would see as uh, indefensible or, or at least a questionable decision-making process. So I think they're making a, a fair number of missteps here, because when you're trying to rationalize something after the fact, it gets a bit tough. It's not based on science, really. All right. So when she says she believes the public sector is, quote, incapable of seriously competing with the illegal cannabis market, you took that as a personal slight. Well, I think on behalf of everybody that's in the enforcement business, I have a lot of members that do enforcement. They do a very good job. Well, one of the one of the things that's wrong in the enforcement world is a the liberals and Tories before them. So, 25 years of austerity, fewer crown attorneys than ever before, fewer police officers, uh, alcohol gaming commission. I mean, they go after illegal cigarettes. They could, there's not nearly enough people to do the job, but that's years of austerity cutting those positions. So, if if she's serious about Right, getting rid of the black market, and then she needs to make sure they do hire the enforcement folks 
in the Alcohol Gaming Commission. She needs to make sure there are enough of them to actually do their job. And at the same time, she should look at the number of workers in that in the in the agco and make sure there's enough to go after illegal tobacco, illegal everything. So it's just it just seems very very disrespectful for for a crowd, you know, for the for the minister to take that kind of approach and not offer any sort of support to the people that she employs directly and indirectly. I just think it's disrespectful. All right. Uh, well, that's your interpretation. I'm just wondering if what she meant, and I can't presume for her, but let's just say if it means that the public sector model with uh, the LCBO type of uh, setup, the Cannabis Control Board of Ontario, and in the 40 stores that would be the initial rollout, that would be inadequate to address black marketeering because there's just not going to be enough of a presence. And uh, we also have seen from the liquor model, look, even though it's controlled by the LCBO, kids still get their hands on booze, don't they? Oh, sure. And, and they always will. But my point is this, first off, if, you know, the liberals said there would have been 40 stores to start, the Tories now saying there'd be no stores till next April 1st, April Fool's Day, right? We'll see how many stores there are then. But secondly, John, the LCBO is already tightly controlled by legislation. There's checks and balances within the whole system. The public model would have had those checks and balances uh, built in. So we have to somehow think that the government is going to hire enough employees to oversee these private stores, to oversee the dispensaries, to make sure that there's enough people on the ground to keep them honest, right? So to do all the all the checks. And, and I guess at the end of it all, just kind of smacks like maybe she's trying to outsource her job a bit to the private sector. I just think she's putting way too much trust in in a private sector model. They're not in, they're in business to make money, not police themselves and to police society, right? I mean, they got to abide by the rules, but who's going to enforce the rules, right? So it, it's just strikes me as very, very odd and disrespectful that she'd take the kind of approach that she's taken. I, I just think she's been around long enough to know better. Again, with Warren Smokey Thomas, the head of OBSU, on this matter of how to best dispense marijuana. We know it's legalized uh, as of Wednesday, and uh, but coming April 1st is when the bricks-and-mortar dispensaries would be set up because people who would qualify based on certain criteria would get licensed to do so by the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario. It's still heavily uh, regulated. Smokey, I'm wondering why you're even making an issue of this now because this ship has more or less sailed already, hasn't it? Well, just because yeah, I'd argue that it hasn't sailed. Well, maybe it has, but there's still time to make some uh, amendments to the legislation. They have not passed the final piece of law yet, so there's still time for them to allow for a public option uh, for municipalities that want a public option, option, not a private option. I mean, what's it? You know, John Mayor John Tory issued an open letter to to Carolyn Mulroney. He asked some very, very good questions in that letter. And which there are no answers for. So, the, you know, Tory or Ford there, he he's got a you know, they got a lot to answer for here. If uh, they're giving up all that extra revenue, and if they're going to download it all on the municipalities for enforcement and stuff, uh, you know, the feds download on the provinces, provinces download on the municipalities. Guess who pays all those extra costs? Taxpayers, former property taxes, and everything else. Well, profits uh, for the growers, right? Who uh, who want to they want to run their own retail operations. I mean, he is saying you can only have a, you know you can't have a hundred stores if you're one of the growers. They're now lobbying. I was at I listened to a, a lobbyist from the cannabis industry before I uh, testified on Friday at the hearings. 
that they, you know, they want to run Canopy. They want to run their own retail uh, chain. So how how is that going to work for mom and pop operations, small craft growers and stuff? So there's uh, his model is fraught with problems. Uh, people argue that the beer store model is is a monopoly. It is. It's a private monopoly. And uh, I, I think the way he's heading here, if they keep going down the track that they're going, relying on the private sector, they'll have a, a cannabis monopoly. They'll have a pot monopoly. be about three big growers, and everybody else would be literally shut out. So they're going down a road here that, again, if they would just have a, pri- a public option, rather, for municipalities, then at least there's something there for municipalities to make a, a choice on. The choice now is either you have it or you don't have it entirely. Well, well you, you told know. us last week that you'd like a hybrid of sorts in case, uh, you know, yeah. you, you've got a combination of the two. Well, it's just like the uh, liquor stores now are also selling beer in the big coolers, right? I mean, yeah. they, they've got some yeah. beer sales. Now, when you, you intrigued me when you said some of these uh, bigger uh, producers also want to have the retail advantage. Uh, I understand they'd be capped at 37 stores. Is that right? Yes, but he's lo- they're lobbying hard to get rid of that cap. I, I listen to them, and I've been I have people that follow this very closely. They're lobbying hard to get rid of that cap, and there's they can still make amendments to the legislation. Beers they'll make amendments that are even less friendly to the consumer, even less friendly to smaller growers. Right? At least in the LCBO, craft brewers get shelf space. Do you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. guaranteed shelf space. So, mm-hmm. like, the, you don't want to, um, you know, and some of those craft brewers actually don't mind the public model. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with somebody, you know, if it's at your plant, they have a bar there and, they, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, with Canopy, for example, the woman was lobbying on behalf of Canopy. I mean, if they want to run the retail end of it all, I mean, so they would make money all the way along, right? Uh, grow, harvest, uh, process, sell, right? There's, they're on the feeding chain there, they, they really up their profit margins, but well, that would come at the expense of consumers and taxpayers. Well, Smokey, you're also suggesting that the government would hand these licenses over to friends in high places in the private sector. What do you mean? Well, the whole the whole cannabis industry is infested with political operatives. Almost, almost every large cannabis company is controlled, run, or have as vice presidents, presidents, CEOs, former political chiefs of staff, political operatives from the liberals and the Tories. So all those companies, I mean, I meet, I met a whole bunch of people in the cannabis industry over the last year and a half or so, and I'm thinking, hey, I know you from somewhere. Oh, yeah, you used to be so-and-so's chief of staff. How do you like it here? David Jean from the liberals. Will Stewart from the Tories, John Baird. I mean, Will Stewart was John Baird's chief of staff. John Baird was on uh, Doug Ford's transition team. Like, there's a lot of insider uh, insider uh, uh, influence here, if you will. Well, there was so, in the green energy department, too, wasn't there? I mean, when those contracts were let, uh, I mean, it became, as you called it, an infestation of friends in high places, political connections. Yeah, and I used to speak out against that, too. So I, I, I'll, you know, I'll speak out where I think I need to speak out. I got challenged this morning on the jobs thing again. I said, look, I'm going to probably pick up 60 or 100 people in AGCO. I lose 300. I mean, on 155,000 members, that's really not what it's all, you know, it's not about just picking up members. But it's about trying to somehow or another do the right thing. And I, I think the, the you know, uh, getting involved in this debate and kind of forcing this debate is the right thing to do. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, you know, I'll say it again, when Patrick Brown was leader of the party, the, you know, the Tory caucus, they, uh, they, they didn't mind. They never fought against or anything. The liberal plan, they, they accepted it, thought it was a reasonable 
way to start, conservative in nature. And they uh, were all for that. Now, all of a sudden, they're all like lining up behind their boss, just uh, singing the tune that he's telling them to sing. I wish they would be free to speak their own minds, because I tell you, they're all saying different things now than they were when they're in opposition. All right. Well, uh, I guess this fight's not going away because do you know if there's a drop dead date for these dispensaries to be granted licenses or will it kind of be an ongoing perpetual rollout? When no, somebody... I think, yeah, it's an ongoing perpetual thing is my understanding. Could I just say one last thing, though, John? Sure. So for for Justin Trudeau, come on, uh, do do the pardons. I mean, here you're going to, you know, Doug Ford saying illegal dispensaries can become magically legal. Right? Well, then how about the poor person that had a few joints in your pocket and got caught with possession. Come on, give them a pardon. If you're going to pardon people who have been knowingly operating against the law, selling it in large volumes for years, if they can become legal all of a sudden, then they really should pardon anybody that's ever used it and got a conviction. And I don't have any convictions. i got nothing to gain here. Yeah, but, but where would you draw the line? I mean, uh, you know, if there's been uh, heavy usage or pushing, I mean, do you draw the line at dealers? No, it, yeah, you draw the line of dealers and pushers. But uh, there's a lot of people got convicted just for having some on them but possession. You know, right. they got criminal records, can't go to the States, kept them out of a lot of job, decent jobs. And really, what did they do? They smoked a couple of joints. Come on, give us a break, right? So, By the way, uh, any idea if people who purchase from the online store are in a system where Homeland Security in the U.S. Uh, could access that information and keep them from coming into America? Yes, they can, and I'm sure they will. Do you know that because of the liberals, if you have a hunting license or a fishing license, you're now subject to Homeland Security because the cards are made in Kentucky. So they're made in the United States of America. All that information is that it now becomes a property of the United States of America. A little known fact that the liberals just quietly did that when they're in power. I tried to raise the alarm bells, and nobody seemed to care. But if uh, but this here too, eh? No, it's a, that all that whole security of private information to me. That's that's all at risk. That's all at risk. Okay, well, that's an ominous note. I'll have to follow up on that and make sure that is okay. uh, in fact the case. But Smokey, I appreciate your time this afternoon, and uh, we'll see how how this no. continues to play out in terms of public opinion on the matter. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All take right, care. Warren Smokey Thomas. He's the head of OPSU, still fighting that fight to see the public sector involved in dispensing marijuana at some point when we get to the bricks and mortar operations come April 1st of the new year.